0: Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. This calendar year, 2022, marks the 250th anniversary of that famous Christian song, Amazing Grace. It perhaps is the most well-known Christian hymn. What is not as well-known is the author. His name was John Newton. And John Newton was a slave trader introduced to it early on in his life, it became his profession, and he made, mil- he made lots of money on slave trade. The story of Amazing Grace is his own story and how he was found. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That conversion story is quite noteworthy, And it parallels a lot of our own day, our need for conversion. In John Newton's day, England was addicted to slavery and all the benefits that it provided, financial, work, all sorts of things. And even in our own day, there is a lot of things that corrupt. There are a lot of things that we can be addicted to we can become used to that are not not right, in fact, things that are terribly wrong. If you want a good movie on this, I would recommend a 2006 movie entitled Amazing Grace, and it's the life of a great hero, William Wilberforce, a hero that suffered much for right, a hero that suffered much for England and we could benefit from such heroes in our own day. Our own country right now is lacking such people. The life of William Wilberforce. Today, I'm not gonna speak of the conversion of John Newton, but rather those two things that always precede conversion. Seeing and finding. Oftentimes in life, we say that hindsight is twenty-twenty, And that's true. <laughs> Very often, when we look back over the course of the day, we can see things that we didn't see the first time. And hopefully, we can then give thanks for those things. It doesn't always happen, but hindsight is a benefit. This is why the Jesuits have a practice of pausing five times in the day to look back over the previous three hours to notice things that they may have missed, the presence of God, the work of God, to give him praise and to ask his mercy for the times when they missed them. Today in the readings, we see some hindsight. We meet today Naaman the prophet. And if you remember his story, he was the leper. And he went to the prophet Elijah and asked, what can he do to be healed? He would have done anything to be healed. And Elijah said to Naaman, bathe seven times in the Jordan. Well, that was very humbling for Naaman. He didn't want to do that. It might have been the equivalent here in Philadelphia of saying, go bathe in the Schuylkill. It's like, what? The Schuylkill? And yet, Naaman did bathe in the Jordan. He was obedient. He was humble. And when he came up out of those waters, he was healed. That healing brought him back to Elijah, which is the reading this morning. And he's not only filled with thanksgiving, which is the appropriate thing to be filled with, but he's full of certainty. Listen to what he said. He said, now I know that there is no God in all of the earth except in Israel, and I will not sacrifice to any false gods. Isn't that beautiful? That's conversion. Knowing the one God, the only God, and being faithful to him, not sacrificing to any of the false gods. In the reading we meet, in the gospel we meet the ten lepers. And in this case, hindsight was twenty twenty just for one of them who came back. And yes, he came back with thanksgiving, but a lot more than that. St. Luke tells us that he fell at the feet of Jesus and he said, he said, Lord, I give you thanks. Jesus said, you, your faith has saved you. My friends, that's the gift. Certainly the gift of healing. Of the physical disease, for sure. But salvation. Of knowing that Jesus is Lord and there is no other. And it is that certainty, it's that confidence, which is the good news of the readings today. And so today, yes, it's Thanksgiving, but... A good parent, Uh, Miss Manners, could teach us thanksgiving. It is the work of faith, conversion, that teaches us the gift of confident living. This past week, uh, our seminarian, Augustine, you may have seen him on Facebook or our flock note that goes out. I asked him, what is the good word for this Sunday? And he said, you know, Father, I think the word is trustworthy. And he was focusing on a word that St. Paul used in the second reading today. And it's Paul's letter to Timothy. Timothy is a young recruit. Paul is an older man, a mentor. And Paul finds himself literally in a jail cell chained to the ground. Because he believes in Christ Jesus. And Paul, writing to Timothy, says this. This is trustworthy. If we have died with him, we will rise with him. If we persevere, we shall reign. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he will still remain faithful. You see, my friends, that's the gift that we are invited to today, the gift of knowing what is certain and trustworthy, not only seeing and finding, but moving forward with a confident faith. This past week, we celebrated the Feast of St. Faustina, and Jesus taught her That beautiful prayer, Jesus, I trust in you, inviting her to certainty. We celebrated the feast of Francis of Assisi, who was certain of who Jesus is. And today, October 9, we celebrate the feast, the conversion of Cardinal Newman. And if you allow me to say a little word on him, Cardinal Newman was perhaps the most brilliant man of the 19th century. He, at the age of 15, he was accepted into Oxford University. By 23, he was ordained an Anglican pastor. And as a gifted preacher and pastor, he began to notice, to be disturbed a little bit about the relationship between the politics of the day and religion between government and church and government was deeply involved in the Church of England and Newman helped to begin what was called the Oxford Movement, a movement that would look at the roots of Christianity. What is our faith about? What is religion really about? And it brought him to a place that he never expected, Catholicism. I'll read a little bit. Newman was raised to believe that Rome was the Antichrist predicted in the scripture, but he also opposed the ultra Protestantism, which discarded everything of Rome. His reading and his study led him to a different direction. Little by little, Newman's objections to Roman Catholicism were breaking down under examination. Catholicism, he wrote, is a deep matter. You cannot take it up in a teacup. I love that expression. I don't love coffee, but I, I, excuse me, I don't love tea, but I love coffee. And a, a big coffee mug is beautiful. Catholicism is a deep matter. My friends, if you're getting your Catholicism from TV or your favorite podcast, I'd invite you to look at the Catechism, look at the teachings of the church, and discover the certainty of faith. On October 9th, 1845, at 45, 44 years old, John Henry Newman was received into the Roman Catholic Church and his Anglican life ended. He said, I am going to those whom I do not know and of whom I expect very little. I am making myself an outcast and that at my age. It was a sacrifice in which he felt no pleasure. My friends, in our day and age that is saturated with pleasure, Is it not strange how restless we can be? How restless we may be? And our faith reminds us, the Sunday scriptures today witness that there is another type of pleasure, the pleasure of resting in truth, the pleasure of being one with, the pleasure of being certain in the knowledge and in the love of God, who is trustworthy. And in a world with so many uncertainties, with so many fears, with so much violence, with so much fragility, you and I are called to live with a confident certainty, a confident faith, like Francis, like John Newton, like Paul, like John Cardinal Newman, like Naaman and the leper, that you are God and there is no other. And I will no longer sacrifice to any false gods. My friends, may that be our resolve this week. And may we find in that great joy. God be with you.